Well, LSU falls to Ole Miss in Oxford 55-49. to This LSU defense might be the worst in the history of LSU football, and I want Matt House fired. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can also check us out on YouTube as well. And today's episode of Locked on LSU is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. Um, I don't even really know what word I can use to accurately summarize my feelings following the 55 to 49 loss to Ole Miss. Um, I don't think that the word disappointed encapsulates my feelings. Maybe disgusted is probably a little bit closer uh, in closer alignment to how I truly feel, but I don't know if there's a word in the English language that can accurately summarize just how awful and pathetic of a defensive performance that was on Saturday night. How awful that was. How I was having flashbacks to Bo freaking Pelini on Saturday night. And I want Matt House fired. Because I think that this there is a legitimate argument that Saturday night was the worst defensive performance that I have ever seen from an LSU football team. That includes the 2020 team. That includes the Mississippi State game in 2020 when LSU gave up, what, 800 passing yards? That includes the Missouri game where, you know, the Missouri Tigers, rather, could simply do whatever they wanted offensively. How that defense in 2020, that Bo Pelini defense was rancid. It was atrocious. Saturday night may have been worse. And the frustrating thing is that wasn't a one-off. This is the reason why I want Matt House gone. One of many. In football and sports, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. It looks like Matt House is allowing what we saw on Saturday night to happen. We saw the defensive issues against Florida State. Those defensive issues were exposed early in the season because Florida State put up, what, 100 points in the second half? Defense couldn't stop what Jordan Travis wanted to do. Defense was missing tackles. Defense couldn't get off the field on third down. You got a get-right game against Grambling. You know, you have a great performance against Mississippi State, but now that we're a few weeks into the season, now we're five weeks into the season, I think that we're seeing that Mississippi State's offense is just truly horrendous. And, you know, I don't know really how much you had to do to stop that offense. And the same issues prevailed and persisted against Arkansas. You couldn't contain the quarterback. Missed tackles. Horrible secondary. Bad coverage in the secondary. Can't get off the field on third down. And wouldn't you know it, the same problems persisted against Ole Miss. 
you know, I can I can deal with a loss where, you know what, the team's just better than you. I can't deal with a loss when the same problems you've been having all season long are still plaguing you and are still hurting the football team. I can't deal with a loss where your quarterback throws for over 400 yards. And we'll get into that. We will get into that side of things, I promise you. But Matt House, from the, the looks of it, has not done anything to help this defense. And the problem is, one of the biggest problems, you know, the secondary, we knew the secondary was not going to be good. The secondary's dealing with injuries. You don't have Greg Brooks. You lost Zy Alexander early in the game. You know, we we knew that the secondary was going to have problems going into the season. So I can't all of a sudden sit up here and say, well, I'm sad that the secondary is bad because I knew it would be bad. What's up with the defensive line? Harold Perkins will be a first-round draft pick. Mason Smith will be a first-round draft pick. Mekhi Wingo likely also will be a first-round draft pick. You have three future first-round draft picks on your defensive line, and you can't sack the quarterback one single time? A quarterback that got sacked five times against Alabama? You can't get to him once? You can't get any pressure on Jackson Dart? I don't understand that. So it's not a personnel issue, at least on the defensive line. In the secondary, like Brian Kelly said, we got no one else walking in that door. We got no one else that's coming in to help us. That is a problem, and we knew that was going to be a problem. It doesn't make it any less of a problem. But the biggest problem is that defensive line that was supposed to be the anchor of your team, that defensive line that was supposed to be and was poised to be one of the best in the SEC, maybe even the best in college football could not stop the run, and could not get any pressure on Jackson Dart. That's on the coaches. Because it's not like they just forgot how to play football overnight. The technique was awful. It could not get off blocks, could not wrap up on tackles, just consistently got beat out, out-toughed, out-ran, out-everything. Against an Ole Miss offensive line, it's really been not that great all season long that struggled to create holes for Quinn John Judkins in the right in the run game all season long that hasn't really pass protected the quarterback really very much all season long. Jackson Dart's been running for his life a good bit of uh, the first four games that they played. Maybe not Mercer. And you couldn't get any pressure on him. That falls on the coaching staff. That falls on the coordinators. Because you're either coaching it or you are allowing it to happen. Ole Miss converted 9 of 16 of their third downs. LSU could not get off the field on third down. They were converting third and 11. Heck, Jackson Dart threw a touchdown pass on third and 11. That shouldn't happen. But it's been happening all year long. Brian Kelly said in his press conference that uh, the defense missed 34 tackles and accounted for 288 yards. 280 eight yards off of missed tackles. You have one of the worst defenses in the country. Forget the SEC. In the country. This is a team that was supposed to contend for the SEC West. This is a team who we were talking about a potential college football playoff bid. You're not going to do any of that. You're not even going to sniff Atlanta with a defense like this. And that's on the coach. They're not going to fire Matt House in the middle of the season. But he's done nothing to keep his job. And he is only hurting this football team. 
and it sucks to see an elite defense, excuse me, whoa, elite offense, get completely wasted by the mismanagement of a talented defensive front. Football malpractice. I just want to put into more palatable terms how bad the defense was on Saturday night. And we'll get into that coming up next. All right, I want to tell you about Athletic Brewing because now is time for the Game Changer of the Week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company because I know it's hard. I know it's hard to walk away from a loss like that, but man, Jaden Daniels, he was a game changer on Saturday night and he is a game changer every single week, just like Athletic Brewing Company, who has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They are full in flavor and well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. Some of the full-strength beers that you might know and that you might love, but you don't have to compromise taste and flavor with a non-alcoholic option. I mean, their brews are great tasting and award-winning, and they beat out full-strength beers in in global competitions, and I can personally attest to it. I love Athletic Brewing Company. My favorite is the Lime Salt Brew. It kind of reminds me of like a beachy, like limey kind of fruity, very, you know, casual, chill kind of non-alcoholic beer. And something about me, I love to just have a nice, fun little drink every once in a while. But what I don't love is hangovers. And with Athletic Brewing Company, you have no hangovers ever. They're fit for all times. Watching a big game, watching LSU lose to Ole Miss, maybe at your kid's game, maybe you're getting some work done, maybe you're working out. Athletic Brewing Company has something for all times. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, or you can buy online at Athletic Brewing Company, athleticbrewingrather.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off of your first order. That's code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. And hey, college football season is here, and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College, uh, College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You will not want to miss it. All right, let's get back into it. Disgusting, ugly, awful, unacceptable loss from LSU on Saturday night. And it has nothing to do with the offense. It has everything, everything to do with the defense. I said on Saturday night, in the middle of the game, on Saturday night, I want Madhouse fired. I said at the end of the game, I want Madhouse fired. I still feel that same way because there are zero, zero excuses to lose that football game. And you lost that football game because your defense was incompetent. Was incompetent. I mean, it just, it amazes me. It truly does. How much talent you have on the defensive line and they're doing nothing. They're poorly coached and they're being mismanaged. 
And what I really don't understand is I thought Matt House had a really good year last year. That Matt House was able to pick up all of the pieces that they did from the transfer portal and turn it into a pretty solid secondary. Where's that defense this year? Defense was actually really good last year. What happened? Is it I mean, the, the mismanagement of personnel? Like, why is Whit Weeks sitting on the sideline for the first half? I, I, I simply do not understand that. Is it, you know, you're not wanting to utilize Harold Perkins in a certain way? Because I thought we all figured out after that Florida State game, hey, maybe don't put him in on the inside. Maybe you should let him do and fly around and do whatever he wants to do. Now, Harold Perkins wasn't necessarily the problem on Saturday night. But Harold Perkins hasn't been the Harold Perkins that we knew of last year, game-breaking top defensive player in the country, Harold Perkins. Why isn't he doing that this year? I don't think it's because all of a sudden he just forgot how to play football and lost his talent. I don't think that's the case. And Brian Kelly said, look, the blame doesn't fall at the feet or the hands of one single person trying to kind of, you know, support his guy and support his coach. But what else are you supposed to do? Fire the players? They're, I mean, like, that's not an option. And something's got to change. Something has got to give. It's, uh, you, you have to change something. You have to acknowledge that, hey, what we're doing isn't just not working. What we're doing is awful. What we're doing is hurting our football team. So what are you going to do to fix it? Just to put into to perspective how bad LSU was in all phases defensively. In the run game. In the run game, Ole Miss was basically able to do, to do whatever they wanted to do. And I talked about this last week. I'm like, look, like Ole Miss, for having one of the best, if not the best running backs in the conference, hasn't really run very well, hasn't utilized the run game very well. And I'm thinking, what an idiot Lane Kiffin. For example, just to put this in perspective, just you, you tell me what doesn't belong here. Against Mercer, Ole Miss as a whole. Ran for 143 yards, Quinchon Judkins. And remember, Quinchon Judkins, reigning SEC freshman of the year, was the focal point of Ole Miss's offense last year. 143 yards total against Mercer. Quinchon Judkins carried the ball 13 times for 60 yards, averaged 4.6. Not great, not horrible, not a marquee day. At Tulane. Ole Miss as a whole rushed for 89 yards. Quinchon Judkins carried the Rock 18 times for 48 yards, average of 2.7. That's a bad day. That's a bad day on the ground. And that was a close game. You know, Ole Miss needed to throw the football. But overall, I mean, like, they couldn't run the football. Against Georgia Tech, Ole Miss ran for a total of 299 yards. 136 of those were Jackson Dart. Quinchon Judkins ran for 13 carries and 37 yards, average of 2.8. Now, keep in mind also, Quinnishon Judkins was less than 100%, but just to put that into perspective, he wasn't really much of a factor. Alabama, Ole Miss as a whole, ran for 56 yards. That was all Quinnishon Judkins on 13 carries. He averaged 4.3 yards a crack. So really, overall, Quinnishon Judkins, 60 yards, 48 yards, 37 yards, 56 yards, non-factor really for the most part. And I hate saying that about a quality player, but like for what he was last year versus what he was in the first four games of the season, underwhelming. LSU, let's talk about what they did in the run game against LSU. 317 yards on the ground. Quinjon Judkins ran the ball 33 times for 177 yards. Five and a half 
yards per carry. Mercer stopped the run game better than you did. Georgia Tech stopped the run game better than you did. You're supposed to have a solid defensive front. Where's Mason Smith? Where's Makai Wingo? Where's Harold Perkins? Where's Savion Jones? Where's Jordan Jefferson in stopping the freaking run? Did they not expect Ole Miss to run the football when they have the best running back in the SEC? Did they maybe not want to make some adjustments in the middle of the game to, I don't know, maybe stop the running back? I don't know. Crazy, isn't it? LSU's defense got zero sacks. Alabama got five. Tulane got four. Georgia Tech got one. Georgia Tech's doing things that you can't do. No excuse to get to the quarterback that many times. You know who else didn't sack almost a single time? Mercer. You and Mercer are the same. How does that feel? How does that feel that your defense did just as much as Mercer's did? Unacceptable. And like, like, I had a weird feeling after Ole Miss lost to Alabama, especially in the fashion that they did, where Alabama's defense basically just shut down Ole Miss's offense completely in the second half, I'm thinking uh, Lane Kiffin's going to make some changes here. They're going to make some either personnel changes or scheme changes or change some things up. So if I anticipated it, surely Matt House did too. Surely Brian Kelly did too. And if they didn't, then they're stupid and that's not very it's not doing your job very well. So you're not going to account for that at all. You're not going to think about that at all. You're not going to look at it and say, look, Jackson Dart's a quarterback that's not afraid to get out of the pocket. Look, Quentron Judkins is a guy that can kill us, even if he's not 100%. You're not maybe going to account for that or maybe make some changes about that. You're like, like I said, 34 missed tackles. 34 missed tackles. That's on coaching. Not to mention they were slipping all over the place. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what that was about. I don't know it was with the defensive line not being able to get off any of their blocks and being able to get any pressure on the quarterback. I mean, the secondary depth also, too. And, again, like, that's been an issue all season long. But we really saw how much it really, truly hurt them. Because Jackson Dart just killed you in the pass game. I mean, Jackson Dart threw for 389 yards. That's – he hasn't thrown for that many yards since Vanderbilt last year. He threw for almost 450 against Vanderbilt last year. So your defense is now amongst the likes of Vanderbilt and Mercer. You have the 130th ranked pass defense in college football. I thought this was supposed to be DBU. (laughs) I thought that this was a, a football program that prided itself on having, you know, defensive players that would give you nightmares. Instead, this defense is opening the door to the end zone wide open and saying, why don't you come on in? We'll make it easy for you. We'll let you run by right past us. We'll let your quarterback throw the ball wherever you want to throw it. Come on in. It's just simply, simply unacceptable. And that doesn't even begin to get into how bad that was. And now you're taking on Missouri. And it's one of the top offenses in all of college football. You're not going to win very many games. I mean, the offense can put up 100 points. That's the only way. That is the only way. Because your defense can't do a damn thing. But coming up next, 
I want to get into probably the most disappointing part of this entire game. And we'll do that coming up next. All right, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. I know we all needed to have a little bit more winning going on around here. Rough, brutal weekend of football for Louisiana football fans. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. They've got spreads, player props, over-unders. I always love to look at the NFL futures as well, see how those kind of change throughout the rest of the season, whether it's divisional winners or Super Bowl winners, MVP, player awards at the end of the season. It's fun to kind of see those change throughout the season. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. Um, That's a game, that loss to Ole Miss, that's a loss that you don't really get over. That's a loss that haunts you. Like when I look back at some of the games in LSU history that have simply just haunted me. Uh, Mississippi State and Missouri in 2020, really most losses in the 2020 season. Um, Florida in 2018, that was that was a tough one. That was a rough one. Uh, obviously, uh, Troy in 2017, uh, Wisconsin 2016, like they're at UCLA in 2021. Like there are certain losses that I look back on that I'm like, oh god, you're mad, so mad. That was a game that you should have won or you know, bad performances or bad, you know, calls from the, whatever it is, bad coaching decisions. But this is a game that I will look back on in disgust. And I think you probably will too. And this was a game that after this game, I felt so low and almost so helpless about this football team because the offense was so good. You know, if you're just bad, like if you just get beat in all phases, it sucks. But, you know, it's, well, my team's just not as good. My team just got beat by a better football team. When you when your offense puts up a performance like they did on uh, on Saturday night, put up 49 points. Jaden Daniels threw for 414 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Logan Diggs, 100-yard day, two-touchdown day. As a whole, your running backs ran for over 200 yards. I mean, you had almost 650 yards of offense and you put up 49 points. And Jaden Daniels lost, loses the one fumble. But other than that, you don't have any turnovers. And you, you know, you win the uh, the battle of, uh, it was what I called it last week, you know, your, your road bugaboos. Ole Miss had 11 penalties for 120 yards. You, for the most part, you played a fairly clean game. Six penalties for 35 yards. And you still lose because that's how bad your defense is. Just completely taking a near flawless offensive performance and crumpling it up like a piece of paper and throwing it in the trash. What a waste. This LSU offense is elite. Last week I said it has the makings of being elite. I've seen all I needed to see. This offense is elite. Statistically, this is the best offense in the SEC. And I don't care how bad the SEC looks this year. Like, if you have any sort of statistical category that is at the top of this conference, that's impressive. You are getting 
near flawless performances from Jaden Daniels. You have the best wide receiver tandem since Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. And that's not a duo or a comparison that I take lightly or that I like to throw out very frequently. But between Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, you've got one of the most lethal one-two punches, if not the most lethal one-two punch in the entire SEC. You found your go-to back. Logan Diggs is the guy. What we saw against Grambling and what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, like that's real. Like that's legit. Logan Diggs is an LSU running back. And that's not an easy label to wear. I, again, would say that Logan Diggs is probably your best running back since Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Again, not a comparison that I take lightly or that I like to throw out there very frequently, but that's what it is. Like That's what you're looking at. That you've got lethal offensive weapons. You've got a quarterback that can do it all. And you have a day like that offensively. And you can't hold on to a win because your defense can't get a stop. I mean, it was one of those games that if you're watching as a third party, it was probably a blast to watch because it was just home run hit after home run hit after home run hit. Like every time, you know, Ole Miss got the ball, I'm like, just go ahead and score. Just go ahead and score because they know that you're going to score. So LG's can get, can, can get the ball back and then they can score. And it's just like just a battle. It was like a ping pong game back and forth. So wasting a performance like that, where you know, you're like breaking records because it looks so good. You're doing things that haven't been done since the 2019 national championship team. And it's still not enough to overcome how bad your defense is. That's the most disappointing thing. So I don't want to hear any, like I, I am at my wits end. I have zero patience left for this anymore. I mean, this is probably a, a factor of the loss and a factor of how jaded I am through five weeks of the college football season with this freaking LSU team. I have zero patience for anyone who has anything to say about Jaden Daniels. All I have heard since the end of last season was we got to get Garen Usmeyer in there. Jaden Daniels isn't the guy. Jaden Daniels is awful. Jaden Daniels this. Jaden Daniels that. Jaden Daniels this. Jaden Daniels can't do it. What more do you need to see from the poor guy? He's not the problem, nor has he ever been the problem for this team this season. Enough of that. Enough. He did everything that he could have done. Every single week, he puts his body on the line, and he shows an elite level of toughness. Every single week, he gets the ball into the hands of his playmakers. And for some reason, there's still a, a twisted group of individuals that think that they expect more or think that they deserve more, which you're just being greedy. If you walked away from that game thinking that the offense should have done more, the offense should have done better, I truly do not know what to tell you. The offense, unfortunately, after a day like that, when you put up 600-plus yards of offense and your quarterback throws for over 400 yards and doesn't throw a single interception, unfortunately, the offense isn't the story. Unfortunately, that's a performance that's wasted and will get overlooked because the defense has to butt itself in and become the story because it is so bad. And I truly don't know where you go from here. I truly don't know. And Brian Kelly is trying to find an answer. 
And that's what we will get into on tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU. Um, that sucked. That game sucked. This feeling sucks. Uh, credit to Ole Miss. They played a good game. Lane Kiffin uh, made some probably very necessary offensive adjustments. Um, so credit to, to Ole Miss, who's, I will say, whose defense also kind of sucks. Um, but credit to Ole Miss. They had a great game. The environment looked incredible. Um, so credit to a good team and big win for Ole Miss. Um, just a bummer. Big fat bummer uh, was that game. Uh, but more on what Brian Kelly is trying to do to remedy the LSU defense coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked at LSU.